Hey, how is your Friday going? Uh, it's uh, it's actually been pretty busy. Really? Like, I just looked up and it's like 4.12 p.m. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, it's not 11 a.m. anymore. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, we're like well into the afternoon and now we're doing this. Yeah. Now we are doing this. I'm actually what, super excited what, about this. What is this though? I'm, yeah. I'm not really like entirely sure yet. I think maybe that will become clear. Yeah. As, as it goes on. I think so too. I mean, I, part of this is that uh, the folks on the West Coast, uh, you know, Dylan and Nikki and John, they have office hours. Like they have like a whole bucket of stuff they can do because they're in the same place. And we're in New York. We're in Brooklyn. And we should have office hours too. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, uh, we're not actually physically in the same place I right know. now. I was like, I, as uh, I said that, I was like, we're like two and a half miles apart, but that's right. still closer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And and we could be in the same place in future yeah. months. We yeah, could do exactly. fun, fun stuff in person. But yeah, uh, this is like the Untitled Fanbyte East Coast Office Hours Project. <laughs> Name like that. We, we might need an acronym. Like, yeah. Like a very Soviet like acronym. Okay. Untitled. Untitled. <laughs> East Coast Office Hours Project. I don't know. That wasn't a great acronym. We'll workshop it. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One thing I thought would be cool to do for this would be to highlight something cool that you worked on this week and like kind of talk about how it came to be a little bit. Like, hey, this is a thing I did slash we did slash it was a team effort uh, yeah you know this week and like it was an awesome thing so uh do you do you have something you worked on this week that was super exciting uh let me just look back over the week and um yeah yeah so i um i edited a piece by a writer named benjamin morgan okay and uh he's written for us once before but uh, this piece was about Bible games. So Ooh. those games from like the late 80s and early 90s that were like mostly unlicensed NES titles, like because, uh, you know, like consoles back since the NES have had like pretty restrictive publishing rules. Like you have to go through um like an, a licensed publisher, right? It had to like have you, that seal of approval. It had to have the seal right? of approval. And I mean, <laughs> but people yeah. found ways around that. Um, people found ways around the lockout chip. And uh, this company, Color Dreams, was doing that. Ooh. But then what happened was like Nintendo basically went to retailers and was like, hey, if you sell games that we didn't approve, then we're going to cut you off. <laughs> so obviously they're like, oh, okay, fuck. Well, we're not going to just have like Bible games. Like we need Mario, Mario sells. Um, so this company yeah. then rebrands as a Christian entertainment company, uh, call, calls themselves um, Wisdom Tree. Oh, even, oh, good. And Wisdom starts Tree. selling games through Christian bookstores. Okay. Okay. Who like don't care about Nintendo because like, obviously they're not selling Zelda or whatever. Yeah. And uh, the thing about these games that's interesting to me is, like, I mean, I think I first really encountered them, like, over a decade ago with, like, AVGN videos about them. (laughs) And, you know, the idea 
of a game that's like a reskin of Mario Brothers 2, but you're carrying Baby Moses is pretty goofy. But like, <laughs> I think the real problem with a lot of these games is like that they really just boil down to trivia. And that's kind of what this piece is about is like, it's about this game called Captain Bible, uh, Captain Bible in the Dome of Darkness, oh. I think is the full title. Okay. Okay, good. That's a and, that's uh, a good title. You, yeah. <laughs> you play a biblical superhero. It's like basically Superman, but with a cross on his chest. And uh, you have to like rescue this city that's been taken over by demonic robots and uh, by countering their lies with Bible verses. And so like what it boils down to is basically just like memorizing little factoids or little verses and... Uh, his argument is pretty much like, well, none of these games was ever going to convert anyone or really teach like kids who were being raised Christian anything substantial, right. like about faith or, or Christianity. They're just about memorization. And um, that like by making religion into like a pile of facts, they really fundamentally misunderstand what faith is all about. So I thought that was really interesting because I feel like the topic of like religion and games isn't discussed a whole lot. Like it, yeah. it's more present lately than it has been, but it's, it's interesting to me that like, okay, what would like a game actually about faith look like? And I think it's hard to say because <laughs> yeah. so many of these ones in the past have just been like, you know, um, memorize like what the midwife, what God told the midwives to do, like kill all babies, kill all male babies. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, it's really good lessons for life there. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and there were those. Uh, there were some Left Behind games in the early two thousands. Sure. And uh, there was an FPS called Catechumen where you kill possessed Roman soldiers with a holy sword. Oh. But like, yeah. But other than that, <laughs> like, I think mostly the market now is like mobile games because they're much cheaper sure but uh yeah that was it was really fun to work on and uh a topic that i'm really fascinated with yeah i uh i definitely want to ask since you are also doing a really awesome podcast and that's actually what i just finished before we started recording here is uh kind of just working on uh, your sort of bonus episode of Papal Bull Resurrection, uh, mm -hmm. where you interviewed uh, Javier Camara. Uh, Camara, right? Is the Camara, I think. Okay, awesome. Um, so you're doing a lot of uh, sort of religious or religious adjacent coverage right now, which is very interesting to me and very cool to me. And also something that I, I am actually personally a lapsed Catholic. I went to Catholic mm -hmm. school my entire life, the first day I ever wasn't in a classroom, like, with a cross, with a crucifix, with, like, a prayer ceremony before class was, like, my first day freshman year of college, which is wow. wild. So I was raised ultra, ultra Catholic, and Catholicism is such a, like, background thing in my life and something that I still have very, you know, mixed and interesting and some intense feelings about. Uh, but I actually went to, this is kind of odd, but I went to a basketball game last night in a Catholic school and I was medical standby, huh. I was EMS and being back in that atmosphere, I don't think I've been to like a high school basketball game in a Catholic school since 
I was in Catholic school when I was like, you know, 17 or 18. So there's all this stuff in my life. And it, and much of it, of course, has to do with the podcast. And now you're bringing this up with this other piece of like kind of a fascination with Catholicism that I haven't thought about in a long time, but it was such a huge part of my formative years that like I'm always interested when I know this these games were more about Christianity more broadly. But, you know, speaking of Papal Bull and things like that, uh, a, a real fascination with a lot of the sort of the dogma of Catholicism and the aesthetics of Catholicism, which is mm-hmm. just a fascinating thing that has been on our site, I guess, kind of a lot lately. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't really know how that happened. Um, I mean, I think probably Papal Bull was like Mm. my in into the stuff. But even before that, I had like, uh, I had read some books by or like, I think one book really by this philosopher named Simone Weil, who Mm. was really just like fascinated with the Catholic Church. And I don't think was ever like actually confirmed or anything like that. Sure. Um, but just wrote like all of this stuff, uh, about this religion that she like, wasn't even like really, uh, a part of, but it was also kind of like weird and mystical and, um, she's like early 20th century. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think her stuff kind of like got me fascinated with it because uh, I think of all of like the the big mainstream religions around where I grew up, hmm. Catholicism was the most theatrical. Oh, and, sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Javier talks about that a lot in the interview we did where he's talking about how Catholicism was about uh, controlling beauty and controlling truth and, and all these things and, and yeah. uh priests kind of being actors and needing these huge, beautiful sets, which are churches. So I think all of that really, uh, really fascinated me. And yeah, I'm not like, I don't have a history with the Catholic church, really. Like my, my family, um, my dad's side of my family is nominally Catholic, but Mm. even my grandmother, I don't think has been to a church in decades. So I I don't really I think maybe I come at this stuff mostly from a cur an outside curiosity, and yeah I don't know like I I um there's so much stuff about Catholicism that's really weird and fascinating to me like the idea <laughs> of like transubstantiation like I was that literal word was on the tip of my tongue like right there because it's like that is the main theatricality of it right it is Mm -hmm. uh the ritual is literally turning the the bread into the body and literally turning the wine into the blood like it's not like it's such a bizarre thing because you know if you're catholic and you believe in all of this you don't necessarily believe in the uh, you kind of have this dance in your head of like Mm -hmm. okay I believe that this is the ritual, that this is what we're celebrating, that mass is this ritual, that this is incredibly important. And yes, there are things happening I can't explain, I can't understand. But you don't necessarily think, at least I didn't necessarily think when I was a very young Catholic, that the bread in my mouth like was a piece of a body. <laughs> it's it's like such a bizarre thing that you're doing as like a modern Catholic, I guess, uh, that you're kind of doing this dance in your head. And I'm saying this as a very lapsed Catholic who is just kind of going back on all these memories. Most of the time when I go to a church now, it's for a, a funeral, like, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, mm-hmm. you know, I have a pretty big family. 
Um, and I, I try to go to a lot of like important events in my family's life, especially living back on the East Coast. Uh, so I, I go to a church probably like, I don't know, three times a year at this point. And I don't actually um, take the sacrament. I don't I don't get up and do that because I don't want to I don't consider myself Catholic in any way. And I don't want to like be disrespectful or be weird or, you know, whatever to my family members or whoever it is that we're kind of honoring at that time. But it really is uh, just really interesting. I, I always had very negative associations with it uh, as a, a super queer kid. And, uh, you know, yeah. growing up in the 90s in the Catholic Church, that wasn't great. <laughs> that yeah, wasn't like the best course. thing <laughs> for sure. But now as I'm getting older and I can, you know, separate certain things in my head and understand what it gives people and what it's given people in my life and people I care about very deeply – uh, it, it is interesting. My mother actually went through a huge sort of change with it. She was very, very devout. And obviously she put both of her kids through Catholic school the whole way, um, but really had some issues with faith and, and some issues with uh, obviously some of the stances that the church took. It's always been interesting to me not to go too far off on a Catholic thing, but a lot of Catholics, at least in my experience, are not good Catholics. Whereas a lot of folks from other religions are like very devout to their religion. So most Catholics, again, in my experience, which is like, you know, white, Italian, <laughs> middle class from New England. So it's specific. Uh, but they believe in things like we use birth control. I know the church doesn't like it, but, you know, I don't want to have 27 kids. So, you know, we use birth control. And mm -hmm. or if you're Catholic, you might be OK with queer people. You might not be. But again, in my experience, there was a, a mix of that sort of thing. Whereas a lot of folks I've known from other religions are truly devout to their religion and don't kind of make those little exceptions for things, mm -hmm. which I've also found fascinating in my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to be a modern Catholic if you mm. are someone who like at all is interested in <laughs> living <laughs> in a way that like is I don't know, like guided by modern social norms, like right. because yeah. <laughs> you like seemingly have to choose because between these two things, unless you make a compromise. And um, I think the church is like in a really weird position in that respect. And that's actually kind of what uh, the young and new Pope are about. Yeah. Like um, the church being, uh, set against modernity. Yeah. And uh, there's actually a subplot in the new Pope about these nuns, these cloistered nuns like banding together and basically like forming a union and going on strike. Hell yeah. <laughs> and um, there's this whole thing of like, okay, well, to what extent can the church like be modern um, without losing its power? Um because this, there's this whole theme in that show of like the church's power is mystery and tradition and procedure and uh, sort of like breaking those things would just to, to the extent that the church becomes like the society around it, then it just is not really a thing anymore. But at the same time, like it has to adapt or these ruptures occur, right? Yeah. I don't know. This is all from an outside perspective and I have like no idea like you know, I'm not <laughs> beyond watching this show, I don't know anything <laughs> about uh 
Catholicism really. So I'm kind of talking out of my ass. But no, it's it's fascinating to hear that though, because it was such a it was like one of the defining things in my world when I was very young. Uh, and like a lot of probably where I got a lot of my ideas about morality from, like looking at the positives, right? At the positives of, you know, uh, to be a good a good Catholic, you do care about your community, you do service, you do acts of service. That means something. You do, you know, you go out into the world and you try to be an active part of the world. That is very much like part of being a, a, a good Catholic, at least in the, again, the the sort of version of it that I learned and that I was a huge part of. But it's it's so weird to go back as a very lapsed Catholic and see the things and start to see and pick apart the threads that are like a part of my moral fiber, right? Or part of the way I see the world. Um, and going back and trying to see the good in it is healing in a way, because again, I thought of this as such a negative force in my life for so long. And I'm kind of like, well, yeah, there's some pretty shitty and terrible and negative things about that. Catholic school is hell on earth. But it also... It's not black and white in that way. There were some good things. There were some things I learned. There were some things that were helpful for me. And yeah, I don't know. There's also something, this is, this is morbid, but there's something about funerals that is actually very useful. And I say this as a person who has no regard for ceremony in most parts of my life. I hated most of the ceremonies I had to be a part of. I'm, I'm not much fun at weddings. I'm not, fu- <laughs> I'm not much fun at like a lot of ceremonies because I find them like really, really depressing. I, I never feel the things I feel like I'm supposed to feel mm-hmm. at a ceremony. Like at a graduation, I, I brought my fucking Nintendo DS and played games the whole time. Like I just mm-hmm. was like, I, I don't like this. I don't like that I'm not feeling this pride I'm supposed to feel. But at funerals, I actually feel like, no, I'm I'm sad and I'm glad we're celebrating this person's life. There's something, maybe this is like a deeply Catholic thing because you have such wild ideas about death and life and rebirth and there's a Holy Ghost around you and you just have these really like metal ass, Halloween ass ideas about the way that like life and death works that like, oh no, those make sense. Those track with my brain. It's super, super wild stuff. But yeah. 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 <sighs> yeah. Anyway, I guess that was our uh, our Catholic fifteen minutes there. That was, a- <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fun, but it's all over the site. Like it's relevant, you know. I know. It's, it's, it's true. Weird. Right now. It's so weird. Uh, I was on a podcast once about uh, like religion and games, or no, it was about Christianity and games. Okay. Like, yeah, uh, I forget what it was called, but um, yeah, it was kind of weird, but mostly good. Like they were really chill and. Nice. Um, we talked about some surprising stuff and uh yeah i feel like they asked me to be on and i and i think i like talked to them for a while and, and then i i'm so sorry if y'all are listening but i think i flaked i think i just totally flaked and it was bad i'm sorry that's my confession right there. <laughs> i mean i've made a confession forgive me father for i have sinned i will do 10 hail marys and for our fathers and wow all of that you know <laughs> uh I've only talked to a priest once, I think, and uh, yeah, it wasn't especially constructive, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know that I expected it to be, but uh, yeah, what's something that you worked on this week? Yeah, uh, well, this is something we both did, but I was really happy with um, our thing podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I had so much fun. I actually watched the movie again after doing the podcast, which never happens. Like normally, wow. you know. 
peek behind the the fun curtains here. Uh, when you're you know when you're podcasting about a movie, you watch it. Maybe you watch it uh, just you know another time to keep it super fresh the day before or you know the weekend before, and then you have your notes and all that kind of stuff. And then you're kind of done with it for a while. You're kind of like, all right, uh, on to the next. But no, not with the thing, which I've already seen, you know, at least 15 times or some ridiculous number of times, right? Um, so we watched it. We podcasted about it. I had so much fun doing that. Uh, and then, like, that night I watched it again. <laughs> Amazing. It's just, it's just real good. We already obviously talked about that. But there's uh, a real satisfaction that I take in uh, kind of doing – the types of movies that we've done, which is to say we've done so many radically different things so far. We've got 10 episodes done now of You Love to See It, and we started with Super Mario Brothers, the movie, right? Oh, my God. I blocked that (laughs) out. (laughs) That was only, like, 10 weeks ago. That's what's crazy about this. Um, Oh, my God. Wait, can uh, I tell you something, which is that – oh, you probably already heard this because you've been editing Papal Bull, but uh, Mm. one of – the the famous people that John Brannox says that he admires, yeah, uh, among Marilyn Manson and Sharon Stone, <laughs> yeah. is uh, Dennis Hopper. So <laughs> it's like eminently possible that in the universe of the new Pope, that John Malkovich's character has seen Super Mario Bros. and he really likes it. Probably he might have really liked it. Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way to know. Uh, we didn't ask uh, anyone about that. But. Yeah, that might be the interview question. If you ever get John Malkovich, uh, or, yeah, he, yeah. or you know Paolo Sorrentino, who actually you know like, probably so knows us, more about the mind this of the character. character. Yeah, has this character <laughs> seen this film? But uh, yeah, no, that podcast is uh, is really fun. I mean, yeah. yeah, we've been all over the map, but kind of in a good way. Yeah, I I really enjoy that actually, uh, just because it also kind of forces me out of my comfort zone a little bit and my comfort zone being of course like nerd staples you know a lot of your comfort zone is like horror (laughs) is most other people's like nightmare zone yeah exactly i would say you're like oh good like a nice comfortable slasher yep i mean pretty much yeah the weirder the better and the the gorier not the gorier the better i'm not like one of those people who's like, yeah, that's gross. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can we talk At about all? that movie that we saw like a couple of weeks ago? Oh, my God. Please. Uh, what was that called? Oh, God. It was the, the Fulci uh, in the hotel. Shit. Hotel Mario. Shutter. Um, Shutter. Shutter. Where are you? <laughs> where? Uh, letterboxd. Let me pull it up. I know, right? I'm like, shit. It's a, it's a famous uh, Fulci, I think. Yeah, I keep Shutter. thinking from hell, but that's not it at all. But it's uh, close. It's close to that. It's it's something like from something. It's like a very simple name. Yeah. Um, from beyond or the beyond. The beyond, of course, the beyond. Uh, I loved. What a weird I movie. I really loved it. Um, it was also very like. I love a good movie that's set at least mostly in one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I just enjoy that sort of bottle episode nature of things. Like, I think it does force you to be a little bit more creative, not lean on a lot of, like, radically different sets and things yeah. like that to make things look interesting. Which is not to say, like, oh, a movie can't be good if it goes to a lot of places. That's fine. It's just – I just have a particular affinity for that, for the closeness of something. But, yeah, it's set in a hotel – 
like an old haunted ass fucked up hotel uh and like uh the woman who is inheriting the hotel it's a little unclear um doesn't know that uh somebody who could literally paint the gates to hell had opened a hell portal there and a lot of terrible things happened including probably the spider thing was the grossest i would say oh my god yeah i had to look away <laughs> yeah like that uh, uh, <laughs> like this is a movie where people's eyeballs just get like scooped out um yep. in in that italian horror style where it just cuts from like the actor's face to like their face made out of plasticine and someone's just like scooping their skin off but the yeah. scene where there's spiders like biting chunks out of this guy's face and like crawling in his mouth and biting his tongue off and it's like i can't with this like i'm <laughs> i i was just, like looking away for like a full minute because i could not deal yeah, it's it, that's very understandable. I am just so weird in that I have two directions that my brain goes to and it just kind of bounces between the two of them. One being like filmmaker brain of like, how do they do this? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I bet this was a mask, especially older movies that were all practical effects. And like, you know, it would be some you know whiz person's <laughs> kind of like uh, whole thing of like, oh, how do we make the blood look a little more real? How do we make this this punch effect look a little more real or whatever it is? And then EMT brand, which is like, oh, shit. Could they still live? Could they still live? Oh, no, they're dead. Like, it's, <laughs> there's like two places it goes. It never feels terribly personal to me when these things are happening, which I recognize is the fact uh, I'm slightly weird in that way. So, yeah, it's, it's always uh, fine with me. But I also don't like, enjoy- it's not like I enjoy it like oh the grosser the better i'm kind of like no it's it's interesting it's interesting like there are movies that make me feel gross like um god what is that really famous one where they gave out barf bags in the theater uh 80s just total gross out fest by peter jackson uh oh it's super famous it's just super gross like that's the whole point of it is to be gross yeah yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do a little Google right here, Peter Jackson movies, because I don't I don't wanna make it worse. Is it brain dead? No, it's something else, but it's something like that. Bad taste. What is this damn thing called? Alright, I'm just going to IMDB right here, because we're just gonna have to. Ah, oh, God, that's right, Heavenly Creatures, that's a movie. Which one is that? Heavenly Creatures is the queer movie that he made actually in the 90s 94 oh is it bad taste is that what i'm thinking of i think it might be bad taste it's just it's just gross to be gross the movie i'm thinking of right like i mean it yeah it looks the (laughs) the poster for this film is like a man with like a weird like a big monster skull wearing a suit holding an ak-47 in one hand and giving the finger with the other (laughs) um yeah it's these aliens go to new zealand and try to harvest humans for their intergalactic fast food franchise (laughs) sounds about right i thought there was a curse in this though could be wrong hmm it's all right. We might need I people are yelling at me probably if they're listening to this to like how do you not know this Danielle? And I'm like, I could tell you all about like the scenery of it, but I can't tell you the name of it cuz you know, 
We're getting there. I'm turning 36 in like six days. It's very close. I'm just looking yeah. at like Google of disgusting movies and uh, a lot of human centipede here. A lot of uh, story pick. Surely you'll have me. You'll have my back. Martyrs. Aftermath. It's fine. Uh, the point I'm trying to make that I, I have belabored at this point is just that things that are just gross to be gross, especially things that have a lot of vomit, I'm just like, all right, there's no need. <laughs> blood, sure. Blood I can deal with. I can do a lot of things about bleeding and blood, but vomit is just like brain dead. It's dead alive. That's what it is. Dead alive. Oh, is the movie I'm thinking right, of. Right, right, yeah. Or they like, as a joke, gave out barf bags uh, like in the theater. And it's just like a lot of like gross Pepto-Bismol looking fluids. That's mm -hmm. just like, oh man, that's just unnecessary. Wait, is that what Peter Jackson did like before he did like Lord of the Rings? Was he just making like a lot of gross horror movies? Kind of. I mean, uh, Heavenly Creatures isn't like, Heavenly Creatures is less horror and more thriller. Mm. Uh, although it does have a very violent death scene. Uh, and that movie is basically... God, um, it's like two teenage girls who fall in love with each other. It's actually super queer. And they have like a fantasy life. And there's a lot of animation, a lot of interesting stuff kind of going on. And, you know, homophobic society wouldn't let them be together. And the mom wouldn't let them be together. And they kill the mom. Like, that's the main kind of plot there. Uh, but yeah, Dead Alive is its own thing. Like, its own nasty-ass thing. Mm. Oh, apparently... Zombies in this movie not only eat flesh and brains, but also fornicate and produce zombie babies. Oh. All right. How fun. <laughs> Good. What a fun twist on the formula. You know, you don't see that every day, and you might not love to see it, and that's fine. Oh, Eraserhead, that's an interesting one. Anyway. Oof, haven't seen it. One day will. Yeah, I actually haven't seen it yet either. I just know the oh. hair thing. Just know the hair thing okay. and the weird baby. Well, maybe we have to watch it. Might have to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, but this is all to say, I really had fun doing a thing podcast. Uh, it's, uh, can I tell you about another Jim? Uh, Please. Not Jim. Uh, Peter Jackson film called Meet Please. the Feebles. Oh, me. Oh, boy. What's that about? It's a musical black comedy. Okay. That features Jim Henson-esque puppets and a perverse comic satire. Oh, boy. 1989, I'm seeing, which is, that's a good era for this, I guess. Whereas the Muppets characterize positivity, naive folly, and innocence, the Feebles largely present negativity, vice, and other misanthropic characteristics. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at like the poster for this, and it does look like uh, the, like the hippo from Fantasia. But real uh -huh. life and in like a very Victorian looking dress and holding an AK-47. <laughs> That's a yeah. lot. That's a lot. Uh, a lot going wow. on. Peter Jackson. <laughs> I, was, I didn't know he did all this like really weird stuff. I mean, what if he went back to it? Wouldn't that be what, nice? What if he did go back to it? I mean, maybe not... Uh, Maybe not all the way to these feebles. I don't know. I've actually never seen this. I would say not all the way to uh, Dead Alive, but maybe back to the the weirdness of something like Heavenly Creatures, because that is actually like a pretty good movie, if I remember correctly. That's actually like pretty well done, considering 
uh, a lot of what was going on in 1994 in general. So yeah, Peter Jackson, make more movies, uh, do more go, weird stuff. Get back to your splatter phase. Did you know yeah. that he wrote a sequel to Nightmare? Oh shit, really? Yeah, it was never made, but apparently he wrote a script. It's fucking awesome. Although Nightmare Part 2 is already really good, so I don't know that his would have been able to top it. I mean, yeah. I, actually, yeah, thinking about that, you know, the all-time queerest uh, horror movie at the t- at the time, at least. Probably not all-time. Wait. <laughs> but at the time, right? He's he's doing Halo? <laughs> oh, good! But isn't hasn't he been doing Halo since 2009? Like, yeah, maybe it'll yeah, happen, maybe it won't. <laughs> he's been doing Halo for over a decade, and um, apparently, <laughs> he, yeah, I don't think it, I don't know if it's actually happening at this point. I mean, he's not like, I don't know. I mean, look, he's already, he's got his Oscars. He's made his lifelong dream. He can just do whatever the hell he wants now, right? For real. Like, I want him to make his, apparently he was a big fan of Ray Harryhausen films, which makes so much sense. And like, go back and do those, dude. Like, have fun with it. Enjoy it. Just have some fun. Just have you know? a good time. You know? I want him to have a good time. I just want everybody who is creative and and hopefully an okay human being in the world to like make fun shit and enjoy it. Yeah. Just just do the things. We have we have the means right now. You know, before the world ends, just just make things for screen-based media. <laughs> like Hashtag. while we still have screens. <laughs> that I was think. a that was like a trending hashtag today and I was trying to figure out how it started and I was just like I can't. Oh no. I, before the world ends I'm like I, what is it I, first i was like is this like the name of an album of an artist i've never heard of that sounds uh, like a uh james bond name right there like james bond before the world ends like, uh, it kind of does you know um yeah but no i don't know i think people it was just like a one of those hashtags you know that just kind yeah. of happen they're all so depressing like, no matter what it is, like, there was definitely an irresistible hashtag last night for whatever terrible restaurant. I don't even know. Uh, they're now having irresistibles. And I, for real, real thought it said irritable bowels. Like, I, I had to, like, triple <laughs> take that. Wow. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, this one is good. That's the only good trend hashtag for me. Hashtag irritable bowels. <laughs> it really looked like Relatable. something about irresistible bowl. That just, yeah, you're working no. with a lot of the same vowels in a lot of the same places. Like, yeah, it's, mm, I get it. I get it. You know, Birds of Prey is trending right now on mine, which that might be fun. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to see it. I don't really see superhero movies anymore. I haven't in like three years at this point. Yeah. I think the last one I actually went to theaters to see was Black Panther. Wow. Maybe. Um, I think that was the second Two to years? last for me. Maybe. Um, yeah. Because I saw Ant-Man 2. And oh, well, you're right. I saw that one too. Well, no. Yeah. Um, I mean, I saw Spider-Verse, but uh, that doesn't okay. really count. That was a little feel like. different. Yeah. yeah. that one's... Sorry, guys, but that one was good. So That one was pretty good. Yeah. It's a good superhero movie. Yeah. Uh, another... You love to see it right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I wasn't on that one because I hadn't seen it in a while, but... That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, it's a good-ass movie. Who knows what we'll do next week? 
that's the other fun thing to peek behind the curtain. We don't know what we're doing until like last second. A lot of <laughs> with our movie yeah. podcast, which isn't exactly the way I designed it, but you know, yeah. there's a fun chaotic energy to that 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 seems to be working for us, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. Marion, I know you got to go soon. So, are there any other um, orders of business that we should oh, attend to before boy. we close out? I mean. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I played too much Destiny this week. And I, <laughs> I got the, like, the seasonal achievement you get from, like, doing all of these different achievements in one season. So and, uh, is that just, like, oh, you did all the things, here's some points? I, so, I'm so sorry. So, yeah, I genuinely yeah, yeah, yeah. don't know No, 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 works. of course. Okay. No, no normal person knows how this works. Like, basically, they're, like, tri- <laughs> they're, they call them triumphs. Okay. Um, and, uh, every season now there's like a seasonal seal. So there's like seals for like a bunch of different aspects of the game, like the PVP part, um, yeah. the different modes and like they all have a set of triumphs. And if you finish all those, you get the seal, which basically gives you a title, uh, under your name in the game. Cool. Cool. And, um, I already had one from last summer, which was like the it was called moments of triumph. It was like, basically the title that I got was just like 2019 in Roman numerals, which like (laughs) not, not the best, but, um, (laughs) so now every season there's one of those. And, um, after the season's over, like you can't get it anymore. Also, like if you unlock it, you can buy like a pin, like you still have to buy it, but like, it's, I don't know, like 20 bucks or something. You get this, like you can buy this little metal pin of the seal that like you can only get, like if you've unlocked the thing. So they do. Um, they have to do like a check on that, then. Yeah. Well, you get a like code, a verification I think. or something. Um, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they send you a code when your account is uh, has the thing. But yeah, so I like this season. I was like, I don't need to do that again. That's like bullshit. And uh, yeah, but then I joined a Destiny clan and um, I did it. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm going to find a new game to play until the next season comes up. <laughs> I say that, but probably I will just keep playing Destiny because there's like all these older quests that I haven't done. And um, I don't know. I just like it. But I think that's super fair. I mean, I could never talk. I am never allowed <laughs> to talk because I keep playing the same game over and over and over again and i have 2053 hours in into the breach so like don't don't even worry like i genuinely think it's a great thing if you have a game that is comforting to you or fun to you or presents new challenges and like you know as somebody with ocd sometimes getting into like positive loops is just a good thing for your head so i'm all for it (laughs) well thank you for supporting me always uh, in my struggle (laughs) So oh, the struggle of destiny. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this is the, our destiny too. The, the sequel to Destiny. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah, I guess that's it for the inaugural episode of whatever this is. We haven't yeah. decided yet. Um, Brooklyn office hours, East Coast office hours. I don't know. <laughs> Friday it's be something. It's Friday night. Friday feelings. That's a thing already. Um, Friday night life. <laughs> that's already a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, TGI Friday. No, that's 
Yeah, that's a uh, that's a restaurant that may or may not have irritable bowels. Yeah, <laughs> so TGIF. That's also already <laughs> a thing. Um, it, we'll figure it out. We will. Um, Maybe we should ask people to think of a show name. Yeah, for if us. you have an idea for what this is, please yeah. tell us because we don't know. Because we don't. Um, <laughs> just tweet at us. Uh, I'm at Merritt K on Twitter, and uh, Danielle is at Danielle R I. Correct. And uh, yeah, uh, go to fanbite.com. You know the drill. Go check that stuff out. It's all good. Um, yeah. And listen to our other podcasts. And uh, we don't have a sign off yet, but I expect we'll, we will figure that out in time. I think so. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I guess until next week. Um, until next week. Uh, office hours are closed for business. I don't know. <laughs> office hours are closed for business. Bye. <laughs> Bye.